I allowed for such a long time, I allowed what other people said, whether they were quote unquote qualified to give me that feedback or not. I took that almost as law, like, oh my gosh, they said this about me. So this is something that, you know, I speak from a very real place about experiencing rejection and experiencing failure and not allowing that what other people defined you as to label you using that failure, that rejection as a catalyst really to push you forward rather than to hold you back. That's always the advice that I give. This is the Ingles of Latitude podcast, session number 189 with the confidence cultivator, Casey Sharperson. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas. And joining me as co-host is Ronica Kieran, creator of the Stories of COVID project and a recent repeat TEDx speaker. And this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. Welcome to the last month of 2020, folks. And wow, what a ride it has been. And with vaccines just around the corner, it won't be too long before we see some aspects of life go back to some form of normality. And as we've been hearing all this past year, some might call this the new normal. And while that might be the case for many people, a lot of us have had some sort of setback in our lives, careers, and or businesses. So instead of calling it the new normal, I'm willing to settle on the idea of a Pandemic Adjusted Economy, or PAE. And it certainly is a real thing. Unfortunately, an effect it might have on people who would normally be go-getters is to keep them from trying to go to that next level. And uh, while 2024 myself has been the year of vision, for many others, it's been a year where they've retreated from their dreams. However, just because you might have felt you were limited to pursue your ambitions this year doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And in fact, what I've relearned this year is that when one door closes, another window opens, and I couldn't be much more excited about what the future actually holds. So in today's session, Veronica and I are speaking to someone I believe can help us all start 2021 on the right foot. And to some of us, the conversation is a good reminder of what we need to tell ourselves regularly as we move forward. But to others, it might be the permission they've been looking for to release themselves from the past and win their own internal battles so they can set out and conquer the visions that they have set for themselves. In our chat with Casey, we're reminded how achieving dreams can be possible, but it starts with the story we tell ourselves. More specifically, we discuss how Casey realized that the traditional lifestyle wasn't for her and what she did about it, how she's been able to leverage her story to help her get to where she's at today and some of the common issues she sees clients overcome so they can start living their own better tomorrow. But before we get into the conversation, I want to tell you guys about a new platform I'm doing a deep dive into recently. 
and it's called GrooveFunnels. And if you've been a follower of the show, you probably know I've been a user of WordPress and ClickFunnels for a while to, to build websites. And WordPress has a ton of flexibility in what you can actually do. But if all you're trying to do is sell a product or service, then ClickFunnels was and is traditionally the way to do that. And in fact, I've had multiple guests on the show who are really a big part of Russell Brunson's army of funnel hackers. But the thing is, you know, I've always found myself popping back and forth between the two platforms to do the right project. However, in October, future guest of the show, Jim Packard, shared GrooveFunnels with me. And while it's in beta currently, it's easily the best solution I've seen on the web when it comes to internet marketing. There's just so many things the platform can do. Website and landing page builds, email campaigns, shopping carts, webinars, membership sites. I mean, it's all in there or will be. Anyway, right now, as I said, because it's still in beta, there's two options to hop on board. The first option is a free option to use the platform's equivalent of ClickFunnels basic tier for free. So I think it's like the $95 one or something like that. You can actually get that for free forever. And the other option is to get a lifetime access for all the current and future features the platform will have for around, I think it's like 1400 or something like that, which for me, I had to jump on right away because I know how easy it can become to spend much more than that over time in creating funnels. I mean, heck, just subscribing to the basic tier of ClickFunnels for a year is pretty darn close to that much. So on top of these features, uh, they've made the platform to be Google friendly, which means you'll, you'll have great opportunity for some powerful SEO and uh, a lot more things coming down the chute. So anyway, check it out at newinceptions.com slash groove funnels. That's newinceptions.com slash groove, G-R-O-O-V-E funnels as in sales funnels. <laughs> uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you on social media. Uh, simply tag us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what you've learned from the discussion so far. Also, be sure to leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. Doing so will not only get you involved, but it will help other people find the show. And in fact, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session. And while you're at it, subscribe to the show as well. That way you'll be notified whenever a new episode is available. Also remember, if you need help in scaling your business or help using GrooveFunnels, drop us a message at heyguysatnewinceptions.com with any questions. Whether you need advice in doing something better or just strategic introduction to other amazing people, we love to help our listeners any way that we can. Uh, show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 189. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, alongside Veronica, professional coach and creator of Stories of COVID. Veronica, great as always to have you on. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, yeah, just a great mood. And uh, hopefully this puts our uh, listeners into a, a great mood today because I'm, I'm actually been looking forward to having uh, today's chat. And, uh, you yeah. know, one of the things that I... I I realize I'm saying that during a very interesting time. Um, lots of mixed signals in the news and on TV these days. And I, and I say that it's, I, I think there's a lot of noise out there, but one of the things for certain, um, there are people who are actually going to be making this period 
uh, parting their their winning strategy to just become that much better in life, regardless of what you know the media is saying. And in fact, with one of the the things that Robert Kiyosaki talks about is that <clears throat> you know it's it's during times like this that the rich get richer simply because they invest in things that that are actually bottoming out, and that's how Warren Buffett has actually got his wealth over time. But the thing is, most people don't have that money to invest. So what do they do? Well, one of the things that they do have. I'm sure is time. And here's a great thing. With that time, you can invest in yourself into educating and reinventing who you are so that you're actually prepared for the future and the opportunities that'll keep coming your way. Uh, today's guest is someone who can talk directly to this point. She is known as a confidence cultivator and as such speaks podcasts and helps those who have a need to develop more clarity and strategy in their business and lives. Also, she has a book called Dream, Build, Repeat, Harness, Fear to Confidently Pursue Your Biggest Dreams. And her name is Casey Sharperson, can be found at CaseySharperson.com. Casey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Woo! Glad to have you on, <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned. So let's, let's kind of get down into it. Um, you know, we've been looking to have this conversation for about a month or so now at this point. I think it's been Maybe since the end of June that I was made aware of your work on a local morning show here in Indy. Before we get to that and how you actually help others uh, live their dreams, I want to learn more about how you've actually arrived at this point in your life. And so first thing, you know, who's, who was Casey growing up? Where would your life's movie begin if, say, if it was a, you know, one of those, those Disney movies, so to speak? So funny. I love this question because obviously I'm a Disney fan. I mean... What little girl didn't think that she was a Disney princess? And I mean, that's just what it is. So I love that comparison. Um, I was actually born in Indianapolis. So fun fact, I kind of went home for that, for that television interview. Um, and then I moved when I was about two years old to Topeka, Kansas. And I would say that my kind of shift, a big part of my story was that shift from a moving Kansas, from Kansas in the Midwest to moving to South Carolina. Um, it was a very, it was a very different experience, right? And so, as an eight-year-old, mm. kind of going, um, going to age nine, that's that point of time where you're really trying to figure yourself out. And I felt like when I lived in Kansas, I knew, like I knew where I was, I knew where I fit. And then moving into a new environment, that was a really big shift for me, uh, a big shift for my family. And so, um, that kind of started this journey of, I think, uh, what a lot of kids go through was just fitting in, like figuring out where is my place? What does that look like? And I started to find success in, I feel like achievement, right? And so I became that person who was like, okay, I'm going to do sports. I'm going to make good grades. Like this is going to be my journey. And I went down that path and I found that while I wanted that to bring me fulfillment, that in fact did not bring me fulfillment. Because when you're still looking mm. for validation and acceptance from others, you're never going to be fulfilled. Like that has to come from an internal um, kind of self-awareness and confidence. And I had, uh, and I outlined this story in my book, um, but I had this moment when I was in college where it was just kind of that like make or break. I have to decide what am I going to do? What is my life going to look like? I need to stop living for other people's acceptance and really figure out what it is that I like, who I am truly, and what am I good at? So that was a shift for me. And um, that was kind of the thing that sent me on this trajectory to speak and talk a lot about confidence. 
Um, and especially right. as it relates to your personal brand, because when you're looking for acceptance from others, your personal brand is what other people want you to be rather than what your gifts are, what your talents are and what you want to see for your life. For sure. Mm -hmm. Love that. And, uh, Speaking of college, recently, actually, a, a big influence in your life passed, uh, Alice Carson Tisdale. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that we actually did her some diligence on the show before we got too far down the road here. Mm -hmm. How did she actually impact you directly? And can you expand on your thoughts of the importance and mentorship in people's lives today? Gosh, man, there's so many ways that she impacted me. And it's, it's funny, as I think back over um, her impact on my life, it really started from the moment that I applied to school. So. I lived in South Carolina from the time from about third grade to um, graduating from high school. And I had this thought that, okay, I really want something different. I want to move. I'm kind of like, you know, a bit of a hippie as, as it relates to like locations. I just kind of want to go anywhere but here. And I was really hesitant to apply to any schools within South Carolina. Um, but my parents lovingly were like, absolutely not. You have to apply to some in-state school. So they pretty much threw me into the car and took me down to Claflin University. And when I tell you they threw me in the car, like I was crying and pouting the entire time. Like I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to stay in the state. Um, so anyway, I, I get on campus and it's such a beautiful campus. And honestly, there was nothing wrong with the school. I just had the issue of it being in South Carolina. Fast forward, um, I did early application. I got accepted. Um, in fact, I got a full scholarship to go there. And then I had this decision to make, like, am I going to accept this opportunity or am I just going to pout, kick my feet, and then try to go to another school just because it's out of state? <laughs> um, so so mm -hmm. Alice Carson Tisdale actually um, admitted me. So she was the one that accepted my application, um, provided the opportunity for scholarship which was a big deal for me because I didn't know how I was going to pay for school. So um, I always kind of had this idea that I was going to go on some form of scholarship, but I had no idea what that was going to look like or even how to go about it. Um, so she said yes to me. Um, and then from there, she just really kind of took me under her wing as a part of the Honors College. Um, she just kind of mentored me and she would kind of whip me into shape when I needed to be. You know, I would go to events with her. She would invite me to go and kind of represent the school at different things throughout time. And so um, there was a turning point for me when I was in college, and that was at Shift, where I was in college. I was trying to achieve this position on Student Government Association. It was kind of the, the queen of the school, right? So, um, <laughs> so I was running for Miss Claflin. I ran the first time my junior or my sophomore year. Um, and then I ran again my junior year and I really felt like that was, that was like a huge part of what I was working towards because I thought it would be the catalyst to launch my speaking career because I, I already had a desire to do that and I wanted to represent the school. I love the school. Um, and she really worked with me. She um, gave me some suggestions. Like she was very involved with the process. And when I didn't make it, for me, it was a lot bigger than not making just a title. It wasn't really about the crown for me. It was very tied to this is what I feel like my life's purpose is. And because that didn't happen, then this clearly isn't my life's purpose. So I went through this whole um, kind of emotional <laughs> crisis and I did not tell anybody I was going through this, but um, it was days. Like I was in my, um, my, in my dorm room, just like crying 
barely eating. It was just a really bad situation. And she called me on the phone. And of course, I like picked myself together, picked myself up because every Southern Mm -hmm. lady does that, right? Like you have to look perfect. (laughs) So so I picked up the phone and I'm like, oh, hey, Mrs. Tisdale, how's it going? And she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for asking. Literally, my eyes are puffy and red right now. And I'm like, I'm wonderful. And and she said, Casey, what are you going to do next year? And I said, well, I need to graduate, so I'm going to come back. I don't know what kind of question that is. And she said, I really feel like, um, you know, you need to change the scenery. So you have three days to decide if you are going to go to one of our partner schools in Boston, in New York, or if you're going to study abroad, let me know what you decide. You have three days. I'm like, what? (laughs) So this is basically April of my junior year. All of the applications are closed for everything and all the deadlines have passed. And she's like, no, we're going to make it happen. So her calling me in that moment was her just being kind of a mother to me. Like that mother that said, I know what it's like for my child, for my daughter to have her dreams shattered, have her heart broken. And she stepped in in that moment. And that truly was a catalyst for me because um, I studied abroad. I went to Costa Rica, was there for about four months, came to this whole awakening. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. Like it was a whole thing um, and came back and just really kind of hit the ground running because that's actually how I started my speaking career. I thought it was going to be through this pageant, but it ended up being through me talking about study abroad and the importance of travel and how that could impact um, you in the workplace and as a person. So um, mentorship is so incredibly important. She was one of my kind of personal mentors. I've had business mentors. And this is really how I believe people go from just being kind of stagnant and maybe regular um, to a mentor Mm -hmm. and a coach, like really pulling out the best in you, even when you don't see it in yourself. Yeah, they really, that's so, I really appreciate that. Sorry, it's, I'm, I'm impacted by your story. And as you're telling the story, I'm thinking of other moments in my life that have been like this and mentors can see into us in ways that we can't see into ourselves yet, which is so frustrating because aren't, aren't you supposed to know yourself best, but for some reason we don't always. Um, And so I think, you know, for our listeners, just this is underscoring once again, how important it is to have a mentor, a leader, somebody who can be in your life to help you and guide you and call you on your bullshit sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, And so that you can get to what you're really meant to be doing in the world. Mm. Um, I'm really curious, you spent a little bit of time in corporate America um, before you decided to launch your own work. can you tell us a little bit about like what was that like for you? And um, was there a catalytic moment in there that made you feel like, no, I really need to be um, singing my own song? Yes. Oh, good question. Yeah. So I entered into corporate America after I got back from Costa Rica. I actually thought for from the age of like nine until my senior year in college, I thought I was going to be an attorney. And when I was studying abroad, oh. I realized oh, I think even though I'm on the beach right now, I probably should be preparing for the LSAT. That is definitely not going to happen. So what am I going to do before I go Mm -hmm. to law school? If I decide to go to law school, what is my life going to look like if I'm not an attorney? I hadn't considered anything else. So um, with that process, I started going through like, okay, what else? What did I like about the law? And what can I do that might get me the same 
the same perspective, might give me the same experience of what I was looking for within law. So I already was a marketing major, business marketing major with a minor in Spanish in college. So I thought, you know, if I just enter into the business world, I would love to do international business. I would love to um, help businesses kind of build their companies and their culture and all of that. So I was excited about it, but the reality of living that out was very different than what I expected because I also thought, you know, if I'm not going to go to grad school for law, I might just go for my MBA. So I had this other Hmm. intention to go to get an MBA, and that is a whole separate story. I had this excellent um, international (laughs) business program in mind, and I missed the entrance exam by one point. And this is like on the heels of oh, this God. drama of the pageant, right? And so to to just think of like the level of distress that I was in for an ultimate achiever that has never struggled with test taking, that was a big deal for me. So, um, so it was at that point yeah. that I said, well, I guess I'll go into like regular job. I'll get a regular job. And I, that's how I moved to Virginia. So that's kind of where I made the shift and moved to Virginia, started working with this tech company. And I was recruited by them through a family friend. That's kind of how I got the job, got on the job. The pay was not what we agreed to. The contract was a mess. So like it was a disaster. And at that point I was like, okay, the fact that I can barely pay my bills and I'm working full time is I think a little bit ridiculous. So um, I live Mm. in one of the most expensive counties in the world. Like this is crazy. So that's where I said, I have to take control. Like I never wanted to be in that position again, where I felt like somebody else controlled the way that I lived my life. Um, And that's truly how I felt about working at that job for 40 plus hours a week barely making it, like truly barely making it because I just couldn't understand how I could work for a full-time job and then and them know what it costs to live. And I don't know, I was young and probably a little bit dumb. So, so I stayed in that job and then I decided to um, just build something else on the side. And that's where I got the passion. Um, I'm definitely not anti-working corporate, but I am anti um, feeling like I have kind of these golden handcuffs that somebody else is impacting the amount of money that I can make and how I spend my time. So that was the catalyst for sure for me to go um, and start building something else that I had more control over financially. Well, I understand everything you just said completely. (laughs) Um, Very similar story over here. But I know that for especially a lot of millennials, like we feel this, um, you know, the world has evolved past the industrial revolution into the tech revolution, the opportunities that we have are greater than ever before, but our education and a lot of corporate America is still kind of stuck in that old paradigm. And so you and I and so many other millennials are saying, well, there's so much more. I want to do so much more because I can do so much more. And so then they're off pursuing, um, their dreams. And then we get, we get into the whole cliche of, you know, millennials mm-hmm. wanting meaning and you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, there's this hashtag that goes around called live your best life and living my best life. And it's definitely become a millennial cliche to want to do that. But cliches are born from something very real. And, um, you've built your empire on, speaking this truth to millennials that not just 
not just as a hashtag, not just do you feel odd in the corporate space, but actually there really is more. You really can do more. You can discover more about yourself and be more in this world and have a purpose. Um, where do you start when, when you have a millennial who comes to you and says, you know, I think I want to work with you. Um, I feel wrong. I feel like something's missing. I'm, I need help. Um, I want more. Like where, where do you take them, uh, through this process of self-discovery? Yeah, it is definitely cliche. Like everybody wants to find this meaning. And then other generations are like, why does meaning, like, why does that matter? I survived. <laughs> like you can just go to work, wear your blue suit, you know, and live your life. And meanwhile, millennials and definitely Gen Z are like, we're not, no, we, we don't, we don't want this life. We want to go to work and feel like what we're working towards matters and that it, it truly is impacting um, the world. And that's, that's how we have this entire like sustainability culture. Like we love to purchase things that have a story you buy these shoes, another person gets a pair of shoes. You buy this water bottle, someone in a foreign country gets water. Like we love that. We like to feel um, kind of powerful in that sense. But as it relates to people figuring out what their dream is, a lot of times in conversation, there is an idea already. It's not like I am talking to mm. them and telling them that's like, here, here are the steps that you need to do to uncover it. It's truly just accepting what it is. So for me, I had a hard time accepting that I was a speaker because there were so many things, confirmations that yes, this was the path for me, but also some other things that really kind of put that into question. So especially living in an internet society where we're on Instagram and we see all these other people building brands and building these other things, it could seem like, well, my voice doesn't matter. My, my dream, my blog, blogging has been out for so long. Like my blog can't matter. Everybody has a YouTube channel, so I can't start a YouTube channel. Um, or there are other people already in this business space. And a lot of times mm -hmm. kind of that starting conversation is one, just saying, what is it that you want? Like, what's that thing that you feel like truly this is going to light you up? And if you're not sure, we can still test it out and you might arrive to a different place because you can never have clarity. I, be, I believe that clarity actually comes through action. And so you're going to be unclear if you just sit and think about it. Like you'll never know if you'll truly like this thing unless you try it. And yeah. I'm always encouraging people, okay, let's pick something and test it out. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? What does success in that area look like? And let's start there. I was working with a client and she was saying, you know, we were working through, she wants to do a podcast and a blog and launch coaching and all of that. And she said, you know, mm -hmm. Casey, I'm really having a hard time just even saying that I am a podcaster and I've only done one episode. I'm having a hard time saying that I'm a blogger and I've, and I've only written one blog and I don't even know if anybody's read it. So there's still this affirmation that people are looking for and that's a lot of um, the work, even though I give kind of tangible stuff, it's still a lot of mindset and rewiring of the mind to say, no, you're worthy. You can do this. You have the skills to do it. You can develop the skills to get better, but you have to start. Yeah, you do. You really do. I mean, you have to, it's like, it's like, you know, people who work with their hands, you're never going to get to feel like what 
good clay versus bad clay feels like unless you put your hands in it. You can tell somebody all you want, but the actual process of throwing on a wheel and that the muscles that it takes and everything, like you just have to do it in order to find it. Um, and you're right. The, the identity shift is so critical to that process and it doesn't come unless you put your foot in the water. So I really appreciate that, um, that set of advice for our listeners. Um, so if one is working towards a goal, like they're building a blog or building a podcast, they want a speaking career and they get rejected um, at some point, you know, somebody says no at some point, how can they use that as a catalyst for both change and growth? Such a good question. I allowed for such a long time, I allowed what other people said, whether they were quote unquote qualified to give me that feedback or not. I took that almost as law, like, oh my gosh, they said this mm-hmm. about me. I can give an example. I was a part of a cheerleading squad. I was a competitive cheerleader for a long time. Um, so anybody that has watched Netflix cheer, like all of the injuries, <laughs> all of it, very real. So, um, so I was a cheerleader, a competitive cheerleader. I was on a team and we had these t-shirts given to us, I guess probably midway through the season. And at the time I was a freshman in high school. So there were only three freshmen on the team, on the varsity team. And the other two, I joined the team late because of an injury. So I, I was brought in as an alternate. I didn't even start out on the team. So you can imagine that these girls were like, who is she and why is she even here? She's not that good, right? So, so I get on the team oh and I was just so insecure because everybody was older. Everybody knew what they were doing. And I'm the underdog who's having to learn all of this stuff. And because of my insecurity and because of you know, my age and not knowing a lot of stuff, when I would go to ask a question, it just became this terribly bad habit that I just said, um, all the time. So I would say, um, right before I asked a question, right? So here I am on this team. And in the end, I ended up being in the front as a flyer. Like there, there were all these things that everybody thought I wouldn't be able to do, but I ended up being like the best on the team, just not to toot my own horn, but you know, toot toot. So I was really good. (laughs) So here we go. I get this shirt and on the back of the shirt with these nicknames, everybody had a nickname and they were just kind of fun. And on the back of the shirt, it said, um, dot, dot, dot. Oh no. Here I am with, I'm already so insecure on the back of the shirt. It's now affirming the fact that I don't know what the heck I'm talking about all the time. And that was such an attack. I feel like on my voice, on my identity, And they thought it was funny. I obviously did not think it was funny, but this was something in the back of my head that when I have another mentor of mine who saw me when she met me at nine and I introduced my dad in an event and spoke in front of hundreds of people, she said, Casey, you would be an amazing speaker. I always like to present in front of the class, but here I am now that I'm older, now that I'm going down this path of possibly pursuing speaking, there's still this thing in the back of my head that remembers, Casey, you had that shirt that said, um, you can't possibly do this thing. So this is something that, you know, I speak from a very real place about experiencing rejection and experiencing failure and not allowing that what other people defined you as to label you. And so in that you just say, okay, so I said, um, why did I say, um, because I was really insecure. Sometimes I say, um, because my brain is working faster than my mouth. It's fine. (laughs) I've, I've not, That's just what it is. And when you approach failure or disappointment or rejection and use that to say, hey, I'm going to show you 
That's exactly what I did on that freshman team when everybody said Casey didn't deserve to be here. I worked harder. I ran more. I worked out more and I ended up better than all of them, you know? So using that, using that failure, that rejection as fuel to, um, as a catalyst really to push you forward rather than to hold you back. That's always the advice that I give. Uh, that's brings up such an interesting point. Um, you know, that <laughs> there's your, um, uh, but it brings up such an interesting <laughs> point in that the, the fact that actually mutual connection of all of us, uh, Mark Nathan, who happens to be the, the author delusion of passion, he actually says in a speech of his that dreams are great, but it's actually having a vision which gets you to where you want to be. And obviously, I mean, you're, li you're living this statement out. Um, the th truth of the matter is, is that many folks, because they don't make, don't have that vision and what they're pursuing are dreams, they let those, those rejections stop them, you know, little tiny things. And, and I'm pretty interesting. How have you personalized over time your vision versus pursuing just dreams? Mm, how have I personalized the vision? When I think of vision, this is something that I learned. I mean, I'm going back to the same thing as being a cheerleader. I think about you do the same routine. So in competitive cheerleading, it's two and a half minutes. You're doing flips, you're being thrown around, you're running around, you're doing all these things in two and a half minutes. And that's where you kind of put your life on the mat, so to speak. But as you're going to these competitions, you can't practice the routine, right? And so what I would do was when I was on the bus on the way to go to these events, onto these confer um, conferences and um, conferences, all that stuff, I would visualize what I was going to do. And for me, I didn't even realize that this was going to be a tactic that I used later. The key to, I truly believe, kind of stepping into a path of um, purpose, of fulfillment, is seeing yourself there. Like seeing yourself, for me, I would visualize what are the motions I'm going to do. I would listen to the music. I would hear everything, like immerse myself in this so that when I got on the mat, not only were my muscles moving the way that they had been trained to move for months and months and months of doing the same thing, my mind was also there. What I think happens is as we talk about accomplishing your dreams, you have an idea, but the idea doesn't have any action behind it. So in order to see that dream to fruition, I believe you have to talk about it. You've got to do some action behind it and write it down. And so then you begin to really immerse yourself into this culture. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I think the best way to start this process is to surround yourself by with other entrepreneurs because seeing other people's lives can also serve as a visualization. So I'm looking at, wow, this person has been super successful in that. Not that I want to be them, but I would love, I love this aspect of what they've been able to accomplish. I would love to have a lifestyle that allows me to be location independent, right? Like I would love to have this lifestyle where I can do this, this, and that. And so visual visualization is really a key of kind of reframing your mind so that when you encounter obstacles, then you can think, oh, I heard about this other super successful entrepreneur that also faced the same thing and they got through it. So that's what I think is, mm. is really important as far as visualization is like truly visualizing where you will go and what you want to see for your life, but also surrounding yourself 
with information and content that's going to help kind of support you when you feel like quitting and when you feel like it's too hard. Mm, that's, yeah. that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's too true. And, you know, I think one of the things that so many, again, people do is that they, it's not that they, they might quit on what they're doing, but they just kind of put it on the back burner indefinitely, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I, I think a lot of times they just they, they just forget to actually, as we as you were just saying, make it part of their their person of who they actually are. So yeah, I, I love that. Um, moving on a little bit, you know, one of the things that um, that you're definitely an expert in is, is helping people with building their brand, and and so to reiterate a little bit about how we actually met, saw you on a local morning show on Fox 59 and there's actually a pretty interesting story in how you appeared there. So I, I loved your book and so much that I reached out on Facebook and we got the chatting and since then I've connected to you to some, uh, some of the past guests of the show, including Mark and uh, some others. And now you're on this show. Uh, you don't have the biggest following. Uh, seems like, you know, you've, you've gotten into positions though that have landed you to get your name out there. So, um, including the, how you appeared on, on the show, how have you leveraged your story to not only build a uh, strong brand, but also to attract an audience that simply admires you? Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. I, I love that because people think, especially in the online space, I talk to people all the time and they, they say, oh gosh, I just need to get more followers. Like more followers means more influence, means more money, means more opportunity. And we look at followers as a validation of how good something is or how good someone is. Same example of when you go to Amazon and you look at, okay, how many reviews are there? Because if there aren't enough reviews, this is questionable, right? So, so I think that we apply the same concept to people. But I believe that with it, my, my approach truly is if I can build genuine connections with people, that's all that matters. So I have genuine connections with, uh, with people that I meet, you know, how JC and I met. And, and at that point that opens you up to the people that they know. And it's not like you're, it's not like you're meeting people to meet other people, but it just kind of happens naturally because that's how relationships operate. Right. Um, so how I ended up on the news, my parents' church is there in South Carolina and so they've been doing kind of church outside because everything is shut down. So everybody kind of socially distances outside. And my dad is very social. He, he just talks to everyone about anything. So, so he met this lady that he hadn't seen yet. So he went over and talked to her and all of that. They formed a connection and, you know, he told her about, you know, he's in the military and um, now he's a, now he's an entrepreneur. He helps people in leadership. So they have that whole conversation. They're really connected. They were bringing um, their daughter to look at Clemson, Clemson University. So after that, my dad goes, oh, I think that you would really enjoy meeting my daughter as well. <laughs> so I, my dad told me about it, but we didn't have the opportunity to meet. Soon after, I ended up speaking at the church. She saw the video and she's like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on the news to just talk about your story. And it's beautiful that one moment of a connection of someone else opened up the door for me. And of course that person was my dad, but that has happened in several other instances in my life as well. 
And so I truly believe in genuine connection with people. Um, Some other ways that I've been able to do that is really just expanding my network by speaking to people, approaching people. Even on social media, it's this kind of follower and fan feel when I have changed my perspective and I say, like, if I have just 100 followers on Instagram, that's still 100 people. That's that's the thing that I think people don't really think about. They want a thousand or they want 10,000 or 30,000, but it's still, those are individual people. And that's how I approach life. And I just go talk to people. I may not, I may not have, um, you know, we may not have like a ton in common, but Hey, if you're looking for this, I know somebody who does that. I'm, I'm happy to introduce you to them. Like that's, that's how networks expand and they expand past a following on social media. And What's, what would you say your advice is to someone who hasn't actually found their story yet? Mm-hmm. I mean, should they live in their ups and downs as part of that? Or what do you think there? Because, I mean, your story, you, you do put your ups and downs, but a lot of people tend to be maybe somewhat fearful that, you know, someone might kind of, I don't know, put them in that category of being too too into their head and constantly saying um all the time (laughs) yeah well that this is something and it's funny that you say my story because for a long time even when I started speaking I didn't truly feel like I had a story which is hilarious because I was I was working with the coach of mine and they're like your story your story your story and I truly was like I don't know what story because I'm listening to other people tell their quote-unquote story and they're talking about like trauma that they experienced in childhood or like this crazy success that they've experienced. And I'm comparing my life to theirs. And I'm like, well, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I, I don't have that story. Except the more that I allowed myself to just kind of take those limits off of what I classified as a story, I started realizing that I have lots of stories that I could finally tell the story that I felt for such a long time was really embarrassing because I'm like, who would care that I lost the pageant? They're going to think it's so vain. <laughs> but, but for me, it was a lot bigger than the pageant. And so I try to emphasize when I tell people that story, it's like, it's not about the title. It's truly about have you had something that you wanted to do that you thought was in the bag and it didn't happen? What did that feel like? Right. And thinking about the story of being, um, being a daughter of someone like my dad had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma stage four cancer. Like, what was that experience like from my perspective? I used to think that that wasn't my story because it happened to him, right? And so if we take the limits off of what we classify as a story, then you can realize that you have several stories that you can tell um, and share with others to inspire them, to encourage them, to take them from the place that you were into the place that they want to go. Definitely. Well, and... It's funny, JC brought up stories. So as you heard at the beginning and as we kind of talked, um, I am a storyteller, um, founder of Stories of Elders and Stories of COVID. And um, it comes kind of with the the anthropology card, but it's bigger than that. And um, our stories really have a lot of impact, not just in the fact that it puts flesh on the bones of facts. So like you said, like your dad had non, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's a fact. But what was the experience? And that's the story. And it matters and it helps create connection. That's the way we live our lives. Um, So I'd love to talk about the breakthroughs that you've had with your clients with regards to shaping their stories. And um, maybe you can actually tell us 
a story of a client who had that breakthrough and realized uh, what their story was and what was, what was it like to witness that transformation for them, for that connection to come into being. And one of the first clients that I worked with in the branding space officially, like she sought me out and, and we worked together. She was a college student at the time. And I was speaking at her university, Mount St. Mary's in Maryland. And afterwards she said, Casey, like this was so impactful. I need to work with you. And I know that I'm just a college student, but I know that working with you is going to get me where I want to go. So she came to me as a senior in college and she had these three different opportunities in front of her and she had feedback from everybody. Everybody was trying to tell her how to live her life, right? (laughs) If you're a Mm. college college grad, you know, right? So college people were saying, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to work? Are you going to... Are you going to go to school, continue your career, or are you going to go and become a full-time entrepreneur? And she came to me and she's like, I have these three options. What do you think I should do? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) What I'm not going to do is tell you what to do. Like, You're not going to come back to me three years from now and say, Casey, you told me to do this and I did this and it was terrible, right? So I said, "Let's, let's reframe and let's think about it from these three options. Who's telling you what? So she's got her family giving her one piece of feedback, her community of the university professors giving her one piece of feedback and herself saying, wow, I would really love to build a business, which is taking images. I want to take photos. I want to do videography. Like she had this whole creative passion, but she had these other two aspects that were more practical. So from there, she decided, okay, (laughs) from, from some coaching, she decided, I really want to put some effort into following this dream of building this digital marketing brand. And from that point, I could just see her self-acceptance of just saying, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm talented in doing. Having conversations with her family, having conversations with her professors and figuring out what is it going to look like to be successful as a full-time entrepreneur in the digital marketing space. And from there, I... And what what success meant to her, not to... Anyone exactly. Else. Because she was really conflicted. She said, well, well, my mom, mm-hmm. my mom really wants me to do this. And, you know, my mom didn't graduate from college. And so she's like, she really wants me to use my degree, right? Like that there's that pressure. But then if she goes down yeah. this digital marketing space, I mean, people are saying, well, why did you go to school? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So she had to decide, you know, what is success going to look like and how is she going to pursue that? So we laid out a plan. We put together a marketing strategy. We put together um, kind of some bones on this idea because she had an idea, but she didn't know what it was going to look like. So she kind of went step by step. We went step by step, built out a plan. And now she has a successful marketing agency, which I'm really excited about. I see her putting amazing digital content out there and it brings her so much joy. And she decided um, that that was going to be her main focus. And sometimes she takes on some additional kind of like side work. But in the end, she said, this is really what brings her joy. And she was able to pursue that. So it was amazing to see that. Yeah. To go from like an insecure college student to, wow, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to stand up to my elders and say, this is my passion and I'm going to be successful doing it. Yeah, definitely. Thousand percent. So what would the world look like if everyone had that? transformation experience. Oh my gosh, it would be beautiful. And like I said, I don't think everybody should be an entrepreneur. I think that we can have these same experiences 
as employees of companies. Like if you go to your employee, go to your employer, you're super passionate about the work that they do. You're super passionate about the work that you do. That creates incredibly successful companies because you have people working in the business as if it's their business. So you have entrepreneurs building their things, being super passionate. You have employees doing things that they're super talented at, super, um, they're bringing their whole selves to work. Instead, I think we have a lot of the opposite. We have a lot of people just kind of grinning and bearing it, putting half the work in, and we don't see the same level of success because people aren't fulfilled. So if we can find whatever that passion is, that thing that lights us up and bring ourselves 110% to our full-time job, to our entrepreneurial work, I think we would have so much more joy, a lot less anxiety, and a lot less stress. I think it would be really fun. fun. Everybody (laughs) would be happy. (laughs) So knowing that we're in this stressful environment with COVID-19, and yet there's that freedom that comes with operating as who you are, um, what are you focused on for the rest of this year and beyond? Yes, I am super focused on working with more people, kind of building out my coaching because that was something that I did, but I spent a lot more time speaking and traveling. And it was something I said, you know, I want to build this out more. You know, I have some clients, I'm not, I would never like actively seek them, right? They would just kind of come and I spent a lot of my effort speaking. But now that we are stationary (laughs) and I am not traveling, (laughs) like, wow, I have so much more time to focus on this particular aspect of my business. So I am building out some of those things and some of those um, avenues that I have wanted to build out, but hadn't yet had the space and the time to do so because I was traveling probably 75% of the time. So I was kind of on the road. I had air miles, right? So, so it's been really cool though to kind of to figure out what success looks like for me stationary and really enjoying uh, the journey, even though it's a really uncomfortable time for me specifically, but I'm just enjoying the the journey of being able to spend way more time with my family and more time with my friends, uh, connecting with people that I wasn't really able to do because I was gone a lot. Hmm. That's really beautiful. Cool. And look forward to that growth for sure. Uh, so the rest of the, the podcast, we're actually going to be going into the rapid fire questions segment. And uh, this is usually led by quick questions, but the answers don't have to necessarily be as quick. Um, you can provide as so much, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can be provide as much context as you'd like. But, uh, yeah, the first question I have for you is who are three influencers or teachers that have launched you to where you're at today? I would definitely say my great grandmother, I'm actually named after her. My middle name was her first name. So Kari, she was a beautiful woman. Um, She only had about, I think she had a sixth grade education, um, but she still sent all five of her children to college and all five of her children have um, graduate degrees, which is really impressive for the time um, that that (laughs) happened. And she was just such a woman of faith and what she wanted to see in her life, she saw. And I love that. Um, So I... I really hope to embody all of those qualities that she has. Um, so she was a huge influence on me. Second huge influence, I would definitely say um, Mrs. Tisdale, Alice Carson Tisdale. When she passed, there were just posts and posts and posts and people saying how much they 
experience um, love because of her, you know, within the university context, how you're so far away from home and, and to really have somebody there to, to support you and lead you and guide you um, was really beautiful. And um, I just really love the impact that she had and how she didn't give up, even though she was kind of in retirement age when we finally met. I think it's beautiful that she said, I am going to continuously pour in and empower these young people. So I love that aspect um, of her life. And then the third person that I would say was really influential for me was uh, Marshawn Evans Daniels. And she is a coach um, and one of my mentors. I've known her since I was about 23. Um, and she was she has just continuously um, equipped me. And she was one of those people that pulled things out of me that I didn't see in myself. She's constantly um, lovingly rebuking me and saying, Casey, you need to think bigger. Um, her book is called Believe Bigger. So mm-hmm. she's constantly like, nope, you're selling yourself short. So yeah, that's exactly. So to have somebody constantly kind of do that, uh, do that pouring is really empowering. So those are three people that are super impactful for me. Of course, if I had to put a fourth fourth person, I would definitely put my dad. Um, But yeah, (laughs) you asked for three. That's awesome. We like stretch goals. We'll take it. Um, What is one gift you like giving others? I love giving encouragement. I love giving encouragement because for me, it's something that kind of as a words of affirmation person, like I really enjoy receiving that. And I also know that as a strong person, you know, I really pride myself on being very strong, that it's still important for me to receive affirmation and uh, for people to say like, this is really impactful for me. Thank you for doing that. And so on the flip side, because that's what I desire, I usually give that out pretty frequently. And I am really cognizant about calling out Um, what I see in other people. Like, I really love that you did this because they may not see it. And I have been transformed by other people telling me this was really impactful um, that you did this, or this is the thing that was really impactful for me based on my experience with you. Hmm. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, What issue do you believe people ought to be talking about yet hardly one is? Mm -hmm. Oh man. So many issues. Let's see. First thing, I <laughs> I think it goes back to to what we were talking about earlier about truly pursuing what it is that you desire to see in the world. I think that if everyone took action on their passion, we would have a lot less of these particular issues, right? Like if people said when I travel, this is an example, when I went to Costa Rica, One of the things that was the hardest for me, especially when I traveled kind of outside of the city, was seeing the level of poverty, right? It was very difficult for me because I wanted to give money and everybody's asking for money, but I don't have enough money to to give to everybody, right? And so that was very difficult for me. But if everybody kind of took their, their space of influence, their sphere of influence, shared their passion, inspired others, then I think issues of poverty, issues of homelessness, issues of racial injustice, like all of those things, if we all did kind of our part in our sphere of influence, then we would see a lot more um, forward growth rather than what I think we tend to do, which is complain <laughs> to our friends and complain on social media without taking action. Indeed. Indeed. If you were going to place any ad out into the world for free, uh, what would it be? Hmm. 
the ad would say, love yourself and love others. And that's, it could be that simple. <laughs> that is, that is powerful. How can someone be a difference maker in their community? They can be a difference maker in the community by a few things. First, sharing your story, which we've talked about a lot, but I think this is important that within your community, um, this is this is where you have kind of tangible action. You could go to your neighborhood school and go and empower and equip the children there. You go to your local shelter. You go to your um, go make a difference within politics if you're if you're really concerned about those sorts of things. So. Um, I would say share, share your story and take action. Um, but I love working with kids. And so that's, that's one area that I'm really passionate about. So I'm like, if we can get to the kids, we can, our, our world is going to be always a better place because they're going to constantly, um, grow and, and do the things and make the impact and make the change. Yeah, that's true. And it's not, you, you didn't say that in the, uh, in the way that I was expecting it, because most of the world, if we can get to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> then everything will be changed um so no that's that's awesome and it's totally true um so great well uh again casey thank you so much for being on the show again your website is caseysharperson.com where can people find you on the socials yes casey sharperson i am the only one in the world so you can simply search my name on all yeah. of it <laughs> you are the only one in the world very easy to find yes cool well, again, thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. Uh, Veronica, I enjoyed that chat with Casey quite a bit. And in fact, afterwards, we talked about how you can tell when someone is going to achieve really great things, and that's certainly the case for her. So if you wanted to learn more about how you can leverage your dreams to achieve more in life, I highly recommend you check out her book called Dream, Build, Repeat, Harness, fear to confidently pursue your biggest dreams. For the show note extras, I've chosen a few videos from her YouTube channel so you can take this conversation to the next level. And the first video I'm sharing the interview she did with Angelica Note here on Fox 59 here in Indy. Uh, after that, I have a couple of lessons from Casey, one where she discusses three ways of pushing past the comparison, which is something we all do on time to time, on, especially on social media. And then there's a talk she does about overcoming your labels and living a, a life of purpose. And as you know, that's a, a huge topic for me. And uh, so I had to share that one. And finally, I have a video of hers where she chats with Taylor Bell about how people of faith can and should meditate and how it might differ from what people typically think of woo-woo, uh, new age philosophy. Again, you can check those all out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 189. So that's a wrap for session 189. Remember, if you're looking for a new way of building sales funnels, check out Groove Funnels. You can try it for free by visiting newinceptions.com slash Groove Funnels. That's newinceptions.com slash Groove, as in Groovy, Groove Funnels. And so with that said, thanks for spending some time with Casey, Veronica, and me today. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care of whatever you're creating, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, 
and on the web at newinceptions.com.